669, 669, if we've been redeemed, we ought to throw out the lifeline and reach others for the Lord, amen? Throw out the lifeline, 669. Throw out the lifeline across the dark wave, there is a brother whom someone should save, somebody's brother, oh, who then will dare to throw out the lifeline his peril to share throw out the lifeline throw out the lifeline someone is drifting away throw out the lifeline throw out the lifeline someone is sinking today 669 on the second verse Throw out the lifeline with hand quick and strong. Why do you tarry? Why linger so long? See, he is sinking, oh, hasten today. And out with the lifeboat, away then away. Throw out the lifeline, throw out the lifeline. Someone is drifting away. Throw out the lifeline, throw out the lifeline, someone is sinking too. 
pipeline to danger frauds men sinking in anguish where you've never been winds of temptation and billows of woe will soon hurl them out where the dark waters flow throw out the lifeline throw out the lifeline someone is drifting season rescue be or soon will they drift to eternity shore haste then my brother no time for delay but throw out the lifeline and save them today throw out the lifeline throw out the lifeline someone is drifting away Amen. And one more song, 532, in times like these. Amen. We need an anchor in times like these, 532. <coughs>
Let's take our prayer list there. How many of you like the little color on the prayer list? And uh, that is our new copier. We got rid of the old one and got a um, all-in-one. There's only one drawback. If anything happens to the all-in-one, everything stops. But uh, the price was very good, and we got a few extra options that we're trying to exercise, like color and a few things. So we'll see how it all works out. So praise the Lord for that. 87 this morning. Praise the Lord for that. The attendance has been going up every week, and I thank the Lord for that. Uh, at least four visitors here this morning. Uh, Brother Lucas has located a building in Brooklyn he's going to be renting. Uh, he's uh, sealed the lease. And um, now I hope you're not upset at me, but uh, he was $140 a month short on being able to meet the rent, and I told him we would take care of that as a church. And um, what we can do is we have some uh, money coming in. It's actually from other churches. I had a, the pastor of the church I grew up in in Maryland. He said, if I stop, he said, if I send a check, you're not going to cash it? I said, well, no, no. And we've been putting that money into paying off the building project and the renovations. That's $200 a month. And so uh, I'd like to see us do that. I'd like to see us do a little more than than that, but let's uh, get that done, and then um, next Friday and Saturday, uh, we're going to be trying to go down and get the floors in the place uh, sanded and polished so they look nice enough to have a meeting place there, so just uh, pray about that, but praise the Lord, Brother Lucas has found a place, and uh, he's going to be trying to open a new church, Russian-speaking church in Brooklyn, it's in a great location. Uh, beautiful little setting, and uh, he will also be moving down there to live down there as well. And uh, it looks like it's it's just it's an answer to prayer, it really is. So, um, uh, do we need to have a vote on that? I guess we probably should. Uh, is uh, is it okay to give Brother Lucas that money? Any, everybody for that? Okay. Anybody opposed? We gotta let you voice your opinion. We believe in free and open society here, and uh, I don't see any opposed, so we'll just go ahead and do that, and um, it'll be a way for us to help another church get started here in New York City, and a huge Russian-speaking population there in Brooklyn, and uh, praise the Lord that uh, Brother Lucas is trying to get a church started. Any other praises going on this week? Okay, Pam? Amen. Praise the Lord. Ann. Okay, that's Van Ryan Van Burt, right? Oh, amen. Praise the Lord. She was in a coma just two months ago from a car accident. Praise the Lord. She's back on her feet, hopefully back at school. That's that's a miracle. Praise the Lord for that. Brother Dane.
other praises. Don't all jump at the same time. Uh, Ted? your hand up? Amen. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. The, uh, if you've noticed or not, all the trash is gone in the side yards, and we actually can see concrete the whole way back. Praise the Lord for the men that helped us get that out of here, and uh, we are making progress in the construction. We've got a couple windows done downstairs. We're getting them boxed in and all of that and getting ready for the finishing touches. And uh, that is good news. Um, any other praises? Okay. Praise the Lord. Teddy turned one on Wednesday. Yes, ma'am. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you pray about that, God does answer prayer. Amen. He wants you to be in church. Mariana? Amen. Now, what was your nephew's name? Oh, okay. Okay. We, right. Okay. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. One more. Okay. Amen. Okay. Okay. Praise the Lord for the tracks that were passed out yesterday. Amen. All right. I think we got everything. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. For your provision, we thank you for your protection. We thank you for your work in our hearts and in our lives. We thank you for the peace of knowing that you are in control and that we can trust you with every situation. We thank you for working. We thank you for healing. And Lord, even in this the life of this little baby is just giving the doctors wisdom. And we we thank you. And and Lord, we do not uh, credit these men in any way in particular. We credit you with giving them the wisdom and the ability to do these things. And, Lord, we thank you for the healing of this young girl that was in the car accident. And, Lord, we just thank you that we can give so many testimonies to the greatness of God. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, Brother Christ.
right, let's sing one more song. Stand with me. 292, 292, nothing between. Nothing between my soul and the Savior, not of this world's delusive dream. I have renounced all sinful pleasure. Jesus is mine, there's nothing between. Nothing between my soul and the Savior, so that his blessed face may be seen. Nothing preventing the least of his favor. Keep the way clear, let nothing between. Nothing between, like worldly pleasure. Habits of life, though harmless they seem, must not my heart from him ever sever. He is my all, there's nothing between, nothing between my soul and the Savior, so that his blessed face may be seen. Nothing the least of his favor. Keep the way clear, let nothing between. Nothing between, like pride or station. Self or friend shall not intervene. Though it may cost me much tribulation, I am resolved, there's nothing between, nothing between my soul and the Savior, so that his blessed face may be seen, nothing preventing the least of his favor. Keep the way clear, let nothing between, nothing between in many hard trials. Though the whole world against me convene, watching with prayer and much self-denial, I'll triumph at last with nothing between, nothing between my soul and the Savior, so that his blessed face may be seen, nothing preventing the least of his favor. Keep the way clear, let nothing between. Amen, and you can be seated. Take your Bibles, if you would, Mark chapter 11, Mark chapter 11. I'm going to just look at a very unusual story tonight. I don't promise to answer all the questions about it, but would like to have our focus put on the things that uh, God would like to have us put them on. 
Mark chapter 11. This, of course, is the week that Jesus was crucified, Passover week, and Jesus had entered into the temple. And uh, on uh, Sunday, the triumphal entry, Monday morning, uh, verse 12, it says, And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Now, that's what happened as they were walking and coming into the city of Jerusalem. There's this fig tree, and uh, I don't know that much about fig trees in particular, but I've been told that when there's leaves on the fig tree, there's supposed to be figs on the fig tree. And seeing the leaves, there was the promise of fruit. Get there, and there's no fruit to be found. And Jesus curses this fig tree. He said, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. Uh, I think I said that pretty close. Uh, verse 14, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Now we're going to skip down to verse 20. And we're going to read down through verse 26. It says, and in the morning, this is the next day, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. And Jesus, answering, saith unto them, Have faith in God. Now, I have not heard a lot of sermons. I have not been able to find a lot of information. There's just not a lot of things on this passage uh, in most places, there's a lot of strange things when it talks about cursing the fig trees. And in the verses following, there's people that come down and, and they get all kinds of weird stuff. I mean, this is where some of you have heard us talking about this quote-unquote deliverance movement and the people who are, uh, we classify them, name it and claim it, meaning that you name it and God will give it to you. And they get that doctrine from the verses following, and yes, if you just took them as they were and did not put them in the context of what is being say, said here, you might could agree with some of the points of these people, because let's just read 23 through 26 here. For verily I say unto you, that whatsoever ye shall, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Now, if we just take those verses right there, if you don't have everything you want, it's because you didn't believe. You see where somebody might could get that from that passage? But 
I think, as I look out over our crowd tonight, that uh, there's really not a one of us here that actually believes that or, or would be foolish enough to believe that because there's other verses in the Bible. And this is what we mean by allowing the Bible to be understood in the proper context. Yes, we can go through these verses and we can understand something here. The idea of believing is in the context of have faith in God. Now again, what is faith? Faith is believing God's word to the point of obedience. If there's no obedience, if there are no works, if there is no behavioral change, then there's no faith. Or at least it's not living faith. Because living faith produces living works. Amen? And when it says, have faith in God, and then it tells us that we can pray with confidence, believing that we shall receive the things that we are praying for, then what we need to do is believe and have faith in God. What we're really believing, according to this passage, is that we are praying for the things that God wants to do. And you say, now, Pastor, where do you get the basis for that? Well, let's just turn to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5, way in the back of your Bible, almost to Revelation. And let's put it in context. Verse 11, and this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he heareth whatsoever, hear us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. The whole idea of believing in God and having faith in God is obedience to God's word to God's word. God wants to answer prayers. God wants us to pray for things so that he can answer them. And what we've got to learn is we've got to learn to understand what things God wants us to pray for. And uh, Psalm 37, verse 4, is a, is, a, is a verse that most of you should it's, uh, have memorized. If not, you should be familiar with it. Let's just go there for a second. It's a good thing to just turn in your Bible and read those verses. Psalm 37, verse 4. 
It says, delight thyself also in the Lord. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Now, if we take the whole context of Psalm 37, uh, certainly Psalm 37 is the answer for the past two weeks' foolishness that we've had to put up with in the news media. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, verse 1. And it is delighting yourself in the Lord. It is making His delights your delights. That's what it means to delight thyself also in the Lord. I mean, there's... uh, certain things, if, if we say, uh, I mean, what would delight you right now? And for some people, it would be a piece of certain kind of pie uh, or some kind of dessert or maybe a, a nice piece of red meat cooked up just the right way. Uh, those things, we, we like those things. We enjoy those things. When is the last time? opening up this book was as delightful to your soul as something we eat. That's delighting yourself in the Lord. This is the dessert, the filet mignon, if you like to say that, or whatever kind of things that uh, you enjoy. This is what our delight has to be in. And we go back and And the only time that phrase, have faith in God, is found in your Bible is in relation to this strange little story of Jesus cursing the fig tree. The disciples were absolutely amazed that as Jesus walks up to this fig tree and does not find any figs on it. Now let me ask you, did Jesus know there were no figs on the fig tree already? Yes, he did. He, therefore, was illustrating something for the disciples. Amen? The illustration is, have faith in God and start praying, believing. Now, that's one of the reasons why we have to be careful when we pray. Now, I want God to bless missionaries. But if you just pray, God bless all the missionaries, you're praying for, for some people that don't need to be blessed. Amen? I remember one time I got into a discussion with another pastor, and he was telling me, he says, Now listen, if the such and such mission board, well, I'll tell you, it was a Baptist Bible Fellowship mission board, and we support two missionaries through that mission board. And he said, If they approve of this missionary, he says, I really don't need to do any investigation. I can trust the men of this mission board to tell me it's a good missionary. I said, Terry, I said, there's only one problem with that story, with that thought process. He said, what's that? I said, I went to school with some of these jerks. I I know who they are, and I know what they're doing, and they're getting a, a, a church finance vacation. They're not doing the work of a missionary. And we're not going to support those kind of missionaries. Uh, it is the responsibility of every church to investigate what we do. And what we're trying to do here 
is we're trying to pray and get answers to our prayers. I mean, if you've ever had a need and only God could meet that need, you're, you're learning what it means to pray. That's nuts. And if we delight ourselves in the Lord, 1 John chapter 4, this is the confidence. If we pray according to his will, we know that God hears us and we know he's going to answer us. I don't know that I'll ever be able to forget the uh, Christmas of 1998. Now, some of you will remember that was the Christmas where we had the $200,000 payment due in November and we only had 50000 of it in the bank. Those were some dark hours. We were $150,000 short. Now, your mind will tell you all kinds of evil, crazy things when you need $150,000. Uh, I like to say the lock on the office door works both ways. It can keep you inside, amen? Uh, it can keep you from going out and doing something foolish. Now, I'll tell you, I know what the Bible says. I know these verses. Delight thyself also in the Lord. Pray and believe that you'll have what you receive. And, and I will tell you, it did not feel near as good as it does now to tell you the story that God answered that prayer and sent us one check for $150,000 just in time. Now, I like that. It's a lot more fun on this side of faith than it was on the other side of faith. But I will tell you this. There was the knowledge that God had brought us thus far and that he was not going to stop his work in the middle. But sometimes we have to wait for God because he doesn't worry about our time schedule. He's on his. Have faith in God. Pray specifically so that when God does answer the prayers, you can know that they've been answered. How in the world can you know if God blessed all the missionaries? But I'll tell you what, if you read the bulletin this morning, God blessed the Fraunhofer family. Amen? There were some things that happened there in Hungary in Budapest, in the city where they are, and they had a big evangelistic campaign. And we weren't there except through prayer. Amen? God answered prayer. The Mack family got safely out of the Ivory Coast, and now they're waiting this time of turmoil with the elections and the things to settle down. And uh, it does look like... Uh, Brother Bob sent me an email the other day. It really wasn't any new information, but it was an update uh, here in the United States Congress. Uh, there was uh, some person giving a 
uh, testimony to what was going on. And uh, Bob said, finally, the things that I've been saying for the last four years got addressed to the United States Congress uh, about the uh, intervention and the plotting of the French to destroy the government and the peace in the, in the country of Ivory Coast. And uh, maybe we can get something done over there as, as a government to, to ensure the freedom of those people in the Ivory Coast. France is not interested in the freedom of those people. They're interested in savaging that country for their own personal gain. It's, it's absolutely wicked what's going on there. And um, they're trying to supplant the duly elected government and put in a group of murderous thugs who will pay off the French. What, what a wonderful way of doing business. But we've been praying for the Ivory Coast. And the word is getting out, and things are starting to happen, and they are doing something about the toxic waste that was there, and things, uh, things are moving in the right direction. By God's grace, within a few months after the turmoil of the elections calmed down, uh, Bob and Becky will be able to get back into the town of Bingerville and once again work with the people and work with the church that is there. Let's pray specifically, so that weeks from now I can share with you answers to our prayers. Have faith in God. Amen? We need some specific things here in our church. We've got a missions conference coming up. I believe, uh, I not checked everything thoroughly, but this is the best year of missions giving I think our church has ever had. And praise the Lord for that. Should we be content? Oh, let's pray. Let's pray specifically. God, what will you have me do? If every member of our church gave to missions what God wanted them to give, I'd be calling mission board saying, do you have any missionaries we could take on for support? we got more money and we know what to do with. That's the way it would be. Now, we've never had that problem quite yet. We've got a list of new missionaries we'd like to take on for support. Um, it would be nice to add the Herndons in India to our list. How about uh, Brother McGeorge going to Nehru? I mean, that is an unusual opportunity. I don't think I've ever met anybody wanting to go to Nehru, but ever since I knew Brother Adam, that's the only place he ever wanted to go was this tiny, tiny island community of Nehru. Now, he's a, from Australia, and so he might happen to already know where that little country is, but he's not going there to go on vacation. He wants to establish a church. And, that's, and he believes the right thing, what Brother Gary is doing in Brooklyn. Uh, if you lived in New York City for any period of time, Brooklyn has a nickname. It is called the Borough of Churches. How many knew that nickname for Brooklyn? And uh, so why are we trying to start another one there? Because the churches that are there aren't getting the job done. And you don't resurrect the dead. You give birth. Amen. Uh, so you pray for Brother Lucas specifically. There's some real important 
answers to prayers we need. You need to pray that uh, God will give us uh, another man to come in and work with Brother Lucas because in, uh, uh, in the summer of this coming year of 07, he is hoping to go back to the Soviet Union, to Novosibirsk, and help the church that he established there, which has gone on, come on some very difficult times. But if we have something here, we need it to keep going. And so we need to start praying now that God will send us the man that will keep that church going. And these are the things that we look here in, in Mark chapter 11 when we get back. And I don't mean to just give you a list of things here, but that's part of what it's talking about here. It says, Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. And when ye stand praying, verse 25 of Mark chapter 11, forgive. Now this is a condition to prayer. If you have something against another human being, if someone, another human being has something against you and you have the power to make it right, I mean, you cannot make everybody in the world love you. There are people that will just hate you because of who you are, and there's absolutely nothing you can do about that. But you have no right to get bitter toward them back. That's what the Bible's saying here. It says, and when ye stand praying, forgive, if ye have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven Forgive your trespasses. If you cannot forgive another human being for what they've done to you, the Bible says you're not saved. That's what this passage is saying, right? If you don't forgive others, God's not going to forgive you. If God does not forgive you, you're not saved. If you have the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, you must. That forgiveness that Jesus gives us demands forgiveness and a forgiving spirit toward others. But the writer of Hebrews tells us that we need to beware because there's a root of bitterness springing up. It says, therewith many be defiled. If we're going to pray, now you notice what he says. He says, have faith in God. And then Jesus launches into a dissertation or these next few verses talking about prayer. There is a definite connection between this idea of faith and answer to prayer. Amen? By the way, how did you get saved? Did you call upon the name of the Lord and ask Him to save you? If you didn't, you're not saved. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. You want God to answer that prayer? Well, I do. We all need answers to prayer. Amen. Jesus gives us. Please don't waste time trying to figure out why Jesus cursed the fig tree. Why Jesus had to pick on this fig tree, right? That's not the issue. The issue is 
have faith in God. Don't get caught up in the externals. Jesus was just giving an example, something that he knew was going to grab these disciples' attention. They say, where, where in the world did you get this power, Jesus, to wither up this fig tree at your very word? He said, the answer is have faith in God. And really what he's trying to say is, will you guys forget about the fig trees and start concentrating on God because God has enough power to pick this mountain up and throw it into the sea if that's what he so desires to do. God wants us to pray according to his will so that he can answer us. He, he would love for us to have enough sense and enough leadership of the Holy Spirit in our lives that when we get down on our knees and pray, that we're praying for the things that God wants to do so that he could do them. John chapter 16, we'll be done. John chapter 16. I wish we had time to read the whole thing here, but let's just go down to verse 24. It says, Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time cometh when I shall speak no more to you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. At that day ye shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loveth you because ye have loved me and have believed that I came out from God. I came forth from the Father and am come into the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. Now notice the disciples' response. His disciples say unto him, Lo, now speak thou speakest thou plainly and speakest no proverb. Now we are sure that thou knowest all things and needest not that any man should ask thee. By this we believe that thou camest forth from God. Jesus answered them, Do ye now believe? Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and ye shall leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things have I, these things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Did you get what the disciples were saying here and what Jesus... Jesus is on his way to Gethsemane. And he is telling the disciples, I don't want you to pray to me. I want you to pray directly to the Father. I want you to ask in my name, ask and receive that your joy may be full. And he says, there comes a day when I'm no longer going to give you parables and proverbs. I'm, I'm going to show you plainly of the Father. And what he meant by that is you're praying to the Father in my name and receiving directly from the Father those things that you pray for. And the disciples said, boy, we understand it all right now. Jesus said, do you really? The time is right now. You guys are all going to be running and leaving me alone. You're going to be so scared that you're not even going to admit that you know me. In fact, he'd already told Peter that he was going to deny him three times before the sun comes up. He said, these things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. 
I met a guy one time. He was in a preacher's house, and he was not faithful in his church attendance. He was not a lot of things. But he really thought he knew how to pray. Now, if you're not obedient in the things that are clearly lined out in the Bible, let me tell you something. Your prayer life is not going to be what God wants it to be. But if you've ever met someone who really thinks they know how to pray, you better, you better watch out because that's pride. And he began to tell me this story. that, Well, the other day, I was just praying and God told me to buy a bag of groceries. So really, and he said, and then God told me to take a right down this street and a left down this street, and, a, and he goes through this whole set of directions, just like he had a Carmen Street Finder or something there, GPS that, and and he pulled up in front of this house, and I knocked on the door, and I gave him the groceries, and they said, thank you so much, we've been praying for groceries. And you know what? There's only one problem with his story. It was all about him. That's not the kind of prayers God answers. He was so full of himself that he couldn't show up to church on time. That's not our church. It was a church actually in a little tiny town upstate New York. He was one. The preacher told me as he le after he left, he said, that is one messed up man, let me tell you. He said, I, you didn't have to tell me that. I knew that as soon as he started that little story all about himself. We need to pray so that we can receive, so that our joy will be full. But we're going to fail. But Jesus already told us that. But we can have peace in him because he has overcome the world. Amen? And that's what we need to pray and how we need to pray. But it all wraps around that little phrase. Have faith in God, not in you. And all God's people said, let's pray. Dear Lord, we come before you tonight. We thank you for your word. We just ask that you would help us to have faith in God. We pray that you would prepare our hearts for the prayer time that is to follow. Lord, I pray that we would not just say prayers, but that we would pray, and that we would see you answer those prayers. In Jesus' name we pray. Before we finish that prayer, if you'd like to just step out and say,